You're listening to a Brawl Network and Eagles Brawl podcast. You love the Philadelphia Eagles. Let me get a hell yeah. This is the Kelly Green Show. A bunch of underdogs. And you know what underdogs is? It's a hungry dog. Here's your host, Football Kelly. Welcome back to the Kelly Green Show on the Eagles Brawl Podcast. I am your host, Football Kelly. News broke last Friday that the Eagles traded the fan-coveted sixth overall pick in the upcoming NFL draft for the 12th pick, a fourth-round pick this year, and the Dolphins' first-round pick next year. My guest actually wrote the article breaking that trade news on Philadelphia Eagles, the team's official website. He is the content manager for the Philadelphia Eagles, Chris McPherson. Hey, Chris, how are you doing today? So is it Kelly, Football Kelly? What's the preferred name that uh, you want to go with? for? (laughs) You know, that's a funny question to ask because at tailgates, people will just walk up to me and be like, hey, Football Kelly. That's what I was always wondering. I was almost going to think the same thing. but uh... I mean, I respond to both. I think both work. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, we'll get your attention. But I was going to say, you know, first, thanks for – invited me to come on uh you do kelly you've done a great job with this podcast um i love it's it it's truly remarkable a lot of times you know being in the business for a long time a lot of people will ask like how do i get in you know this that and the other and we can all just look at your road to what you've done whereas well, you're, you. a fan, you're a fan who's built uh over ten thousand. if you if you cross eleven thousand on twitter I, my apologies you know i know it's at least ten thousand, which is remarkable um, the podcast from from the inception has been phenomenal, getting Jennifer Slay to, to kick things off and having great guests every week. And it's such a challenge because a lot of people will say, oh, I want to have a podcast. I want to start a podcast. And then when you have to go through those, those tough times where you got to book the guests, you got to keep things fresh, you got to keep things interesting. That's where people sometimes will, will lose that that luster. They'll, they'll lose that 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 hunger to want to keep doing it. And they'll realize that it's not all glitz and glamour. They just think that all of a sudden, bam, you're this you're this internet sensation or you've got this great podcast. So, uh, you know, watch and, and marvel from afar, Kelly, but uh, you've done a tremendous job Thank with you, the sir. podcast. And uh, always, you know, you're, you're one of the fans who, through thick and thin, no matter what, you're talking about the birds on, on Twitter. So we are very much appreciative uh, uh, to have you on our side. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into all of the news with this team, why don't you take a second to tell the listeners what your Twitter handle is so that we can get you some followers. <laughs> the the Kelly Green Show contingent can follow you and uh, have conversations with you back and forth about what's going on with the team. Definitely. So at CMAC Eagles, CMAC, uh, most people in the, in the building at the Eagles uh, the Novacare Complex know me as CMAC because there's so many Chris's that at some point you just have to have a nickname to be able to get by. So it's at CMAC Eagles. Uh, definitely check me out there. I, I more more low key, you know, it's more of checking out what what everyone's talking about, what what's trending. Um, you know, we're, we're keeping very much in tune with what fans are are talking about, and we're very very aware of it, and just uh, want to know what's what's on the minds of Eagles fans, you know, as we're, we're going to get into coming. all of that today. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. So, um, so it, it's a lot, it's a lot of watching from afar and, and seeing this, you know, the conversation that people like you and all the other fans are, are having. So it's, like I said, it's, 
it's you're so thankful to be working for a team that has such a great fan base where you know 365 24 7 i mean we, we had a marketing campaign we got to go back a few years well the marketing campaign was like 25 8 you know because you know <laughs> fans are always they're always talking about the team you know through good times and bad it's you know if the team's doing great oh we're all it's a big party we're all celebrating like the super bowl year and then if the team's not doing well okay well we're looking forward to the future what's on the horizon you know it's it's there's always something to be to be uh, talking about with this team and and the fans are always engaged and we're we're trust me we we all realize in in the building how lucky we are that because we know not every fan base not every team gets that support um, so it's just something that it makes it a great great uh, team to be a part of. I love to hear that and I I totally agree with you. Uh, what's it like for a day to day for your job being the content manager for the Eagles? What's great, Kelly, is there's no two days that are going to be the same. You know, there's a lot of different things, different projects I get to work on, which is what's so so great about it. And I guess it's just evolved over the years. We're back in, you know, I was first hired full time in 2004. It was myself, Dave Spadaro, Bob Kent. It was like the focus was really on at the time. All right, we're we're trying to out hustle the inquire and the daily news and, and put out as many stories as we can a day. And, and we're kind of dipping our toe into, you know, audio interviews, which basically became podcasts. And, um, and we were trying to do, you know, video streams of the press conferences and getting into live video before that was really a thing. And uh, w- one of the things that's been so remarkable working with Dave Spadaro, who, you know, I've known for so many years has been a mentor and I'm, I'm you know, so thankful that, um, he's taken me along with him on the journey is that he's always wanted to push the envelope with things. And there are things, you know, he did spud cam for, for several years. And that was like YouTube and like, you know, live, you know, being on IG live before that was even a thing. Um, so that, that's the biggest thing there is it's, it's changed over time. So now we have the whole social media outlet and we have uh, two phenomenal people running that Sam Wood and Julie Pekanskis do a great job handling the social media accounts um, and managing those and, uh, Charlie Jordan and Vaughn Johnson, uh, helping with the content there, uh, Olivia Schaller taking care of our TikTok. But from my standpoint, it's okay. You have the website, you have the app and it's managing what content's going to go on that every day. So I'm not necessarily just focused on, you know, writing stories. It's okay. If we're going to have a video feature coming out, like Fran Duffy, uh, just recorded a film room session with Nick Sirianni that, uh, apparently Fran had like six, six plays he wanted to break down with Nick and Nick was like, Oh, we, we let's change these plays are even better. Let's add these, these three more. Like Fran is like juiced to, for this to come out. So that's going to come out very soon. Um, so and Fran like, does a great, great job. Fran, with his... is, Fran is, Fran is, is just, he's got the sickness. Okay? Yeah. He's got the sickness, but he li- he lives it. That's the thing is he's the first, he's the best guy. Uh, one of my best friends in the building, great husband, great father, but he lives, eats, breathes. Like he is just so dedicated to the game and the team. It, it's just so remarkable to, to what I'm in awe watching, watching him. Um, but we're working on a new podcast series. Um, we have a couple of great hosts uh, that are involved with it, that fans are going to be very excited about. And it's a deep dive into the rivalry with the Cowboys over the years. So awesome. that's, so I'm working on some of the marketing and copywriting and promotions for that as well. Um, 
you know, the, this past Saturday, uh, the Eagles Autism Foundation was able to vaccinate over a thousand people who are on the spectrum along with their caregivers and families, because that's a, a portion of the population that's been, you know, so severely affected by the pandemic that even though vaccines are available for people, it's not easy for people with, with autism to wait in a long line or, or socially distance. So um, it's being able to get the word out about that. We have a voice app. Uh, if you go to your Alexa or Google device, you know, you can find us on, on there now. And it's, we, we did a soft launch on that about a year ago, and, and we're trying to expand the offerings for that and make that even better. And, and Kelly, I would actually love to pick your brain because there's times, there are times where I, you're so ingrained in it that you're like, well, what does the fan want? And I try to put myself in the fan shoes to say to myself, look, I grew up a sports fan. What do I want to see from the team? Right. Um, but sometimes you're so in the trenches, so to speak, that it's like, okay, it's hard to separate yourself from that. So what's great about my job is, again, it, there's so many different avenues. There's so many different projects I get to work on. And yes, I still get to write features and do interviews and, and do a lot of fun stuff. But there's a lot of the behind the scenes stuff um, to help and not just create content, but to promote it and to make sure that uh, as many fans get to enjoy it as possible. So that's as a long-winded answer there, Kelly, but I think it just kind of shows that there's no, you know, no two days are the same. So like, yeah, you know, I appreciate you uh, lifting the curtain a little bit for the behind the scenes of the forward facing team uh, that you are a part of for the Eagles when it comes to putting out, you know, videos that we're seeing and the articles on the website. I mean, we're, obviously so interested that we make our own podcast now and we're doing our own thing, but it's, you guys it's are, you guys are incredible. Like putting out all the things that we care about over the course of time in different avenues too. I mean, you have um, the live streams of the press conferences and all of that is made available through the hard work that I'm sure that you are involved with every single day. Well, it's just crazy because going back to how, I said back in the day, it was like, you know, we're trying to generate much written content. It's, we realized we're not going to compete with like Brandley Gowden of, of Bleeding Green, who's going to put out stories like every 15 minutes uh, right. of the day. And it's, you just get to a point where it's like, okay, is that fans obviously are eating that up and they know that's a place to go. And that's a great resource for fans, but you know, what are we going to offer? That's going to be a little bit different. And that's, where you have to almost call an audible at times and, and alter the game plan. So um, that's this off season. We relied heavily on things like, you know, the exclusive interviews with like Nick Sirianni and, and Howie Roseman and, yeah, and just getting stuff. there and getting that, that insight. Cause that's, that's what we can deliver. So um, uh, again, there's a lot of great projects we're working on and we're looking forward draft coverage we hope is going to be through the roof. So, um, but going back to the typical day thing, it's like, okay, Friday, for example, you know, the big trade happens where, okay, uh, San Francisco moves up to number three and it's like, whoa, what's, what's, what's the repercussions? What's going to happen? What does this mean? Blah, 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 blah. And then like 15 minutes later, our PR guy, it, it's like a, one of those, like you, you see him typing and it's like, hold on, we have news. We're going to need to get out ASAP. <laughs> and it's taking forever for him to like type it out where we're like, what is happening? You don't know. Yeah. We, you know, <laughs> what, what is it going to, what's going to happen? And then it's like, okay, if we get this out now, we might be able to break it. And then, you know, the social teams trying to figure out what to do from graphics and, you know, what does it mean from the team standpoint to get the article out there? And I'm trying to like, okay, make sure I keep 
the information straight because I'm like, I don't want to put something out and then be like, oh, this wrongs that, you know, you mixed up the picks here, you confuse this. Yeah. Um, but then uh, I forget whoever broke it, but then the story breaks and you're like, we just got to get, now we got to get it out. Now it's like, <laughs> you know, we're already behind. Every, the world already knows about it. So it's like, it's like, go, go, go type deal. So yeah, I'm sure. Uh, that's why, that's why it's like on, on a typical day, it's like, okay, I might have like a list of like, here's what I want to get done today. But then when something like that comes in, you're just like, plan, plans change. You just got to roll with it, Cal. Absolutely. Now, pre-agency signings were a little bit limited this year, this off season. The Eagles missed out on potentially some players um, due to the cap situation. Any of the free agency signings that you looked at and you were like, that would have made sense for the Eagles or are there any currently available free agents that you look at and say they could make sense for the Eagles maybe before or after the draft? I, I think the big thing, Kelly, with the salary cap situation, the most important thing is I think the Eagles kept the guys they wanted to in-house. Right. Okay. They didn't have to, you know, cut a certain guy, this, that, or the other, because we're not going to be able to, to, to keep them. So I think that's the most important thing is they were able to say, all right, let's get our own guys, make sure we take care of our own guys and, and keep them in-house. Um, with the new defensive scheme, it's like you wonder about guys like Jalen Mills. Would they have wanted to keep him? Would he have been a potential fit, you know, um, in John McGann's scheme? It's like, you know, maybe if Jim Schwartz were still here, maybe is he more of a priority to, to re-sign? But it's great that he got the deal in New England and he gets some uh, long-term guaranteed money. But to me, I feel like the Eagles approached it no different than any other year from the standpoint of they know what the budget's going to be and they're going to allocate, you know, they're going to say player X is we're, we're willing to go to this point. And right. that, you know, you might say, okay, is it more limited? All right, maybe your options are, are fewer this year because of the salary cap constraints. But I think even in a year, in previous years where they had more room to work with, they're still not going to just, you know, just say, let's go Philadelphia Phillies, Bryce Harper and say, okay, we're going to blow everyone out of the water and give you $330 million. Okay. Right. You still have a, at the end of the day, you still have a cap to play with. And really the big thing is what I love about the guys they brought in. It, it's reminiscent of 2017 in that, you know, you have guys like Chris Long who are just high character guys. Okay. You know, Anthony Harris, I don't know if you got to listen to his press conference, but um, th this is a guy who's carrying that underdog mentality with him, even though he's had plenty of success in the league. Andrew Adams coming off a Super Bowl, um, you know, makes me think of like a Chris Maragos type player who, look, it's great if he excels on special teams and that's his main thing because the Eagles lost Rudy Ford to Jacksonville. But you know what, if he can be a spot player on defense, if he needs to be, he can do that as well, and he has plenty of experience. And that they bring, they both bring not just a hunger, but um, the ability, great football IQ. Um, they're both physical. They're they're not going to be guys shy away from from tackling. Um, so I love that the, they're bringing that component to the table. And then Joe Flacco is a guy who you know everyone knows he's a veteran and he's won in this league, but I don't think his his story is completely written yet. And I think right. that's the biggest thing for him is he wants to go out there and show it. And I think he he had other opportunities where he probably could have said, all right, you know, I can go here, I go there. But the best football opportunity, and when I say that, I mean, have a chance to start, is here in Philadelphia. So I definitely think he's going to come in and compete with Jalen Hurts. He's going to push him. And we're going to see where, where everything lies. I think it's the whole 
you know, the kid from Audubon, New Jersey comes home. Yeah, that stuff's great. But it's a nice it's story. Great. Yeah. It's a nice story. But I think there's times there's, there's, you know, seeing some of the guys like um, in, in recent years, it's, it's different when you come to play for your hometown team, there's distractions that, that come and added pressures that come from the hometown team. Like you said, he, you know, Joe Flacco saying he gets texts from all his friends about the team and this, that, and the other, you know, it, it's almost like you can't escape it to an extent when it's a hometown team because your family is so invested in the team as well as your success. So yeah, absolutely. And, that's, and it's on top of the ticket requests and all, all the things and the like. So, um, so I, you know, there's no one that that really comes to mind to say like, oh man, you know, if the Eagles had a, a few more dollars here and there, they could have gotten them. Um, I'm sure, sure that's the case. Uh, but I think you also bring a good point there, Kelly, where that free agency is not over. You know, there's mm-hmm. still there's still time to make moves up to the draft. You know, if we remember 2017, like Garrett Blunt was signed after the draft. Right. Um, but right now, the Eagles have a have the chance to bring in as many as 11 guys in the draft with, with the draft picks that they have right now. Um, you know, th- I think there still can be moves to be made. And I think teams are just going to be smart shoppers at this point and say, if the, if you've been on the market for this long, we can wait till the price comes down. But I, I don't think that's been any different really than any, any other year. I think you're going to have your set price. And if the guy doesn't come in that, that price, you're going to feel compelled to move on and you're fine if that player signs elsewhere. Yeah, and I totally agree with that philosophy and that strategy. I think that we may see some people come at it to this roster after the draft if things don't fall the way that we anticipated in the draft. So, you know, that's always part of the offseason plan for the team, and that should be the case this year. Unlike, you know, any other year, it's, you know, address the needs that you have as they come. So, The next segment I have on this show is called the Kelly Green Lightning Round. It's quick questions, fun answers for my guest of the day. Are you ready? As ready as I'm going to be. As ready as I'm going to be. Okay. Let's make it happen. As a Drexel alumni. Ooh, wow. You did your homework. Who is the most famous alumni? (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Colleen Wolf right now. Colleen is is an absolute star. And I I don't think we, we cross paths. Um, at Drexel, we both have uh, the same uh, professor, Ron Bishop, who was very instrumental in in my time at Drexel. Was my senior project advisor. I know that she knows him as as well. But I mean, Colleen got to be in the Eagles brand video this year for crying right. out loud, and she just has. And I think she just launched her own podcast, and she's been absolutely sensational. So uh, she's up there. Uh, Malik Rose, uh, who won a couple times with the Spurs. Um, you know, he, he's going to be up there as well. So, uh, and I think I'm trying to think of, there's a couple there, that they're coming to mind. Uh, we're going to be going way back here. The host of the gong show, like back in the day, <laughs> uh, the name is escaping me. It was a Drexel alum, but Co- I mean, Colleen Wolf though. I mean, she's, uh, her personality, you know, the questions she asks, um, her, her TV presence. I, I mean, she, she's the real deal. I mean, she's absolutely outstanding, especially, and unfortunately, she has to work with someone like Michael Irvin, a Cowboys, you know, guy. Uh, while she's a diehard Eagles fan through and through, but um, she's no, a tough girl. She's a tough girl. <laughs> no, she's but she's phenomenal and deserves all the success she's she's getting right now. So I, I'll put her as a as a number number one. I'll also throw in uh, Ben Fennel, who was Fran Duffy's right hand man 
uh, on all the uh, the podcasts and with the Eagles game plan show. I'll, I'll throw You've named two wall. people who have come on the Kelly Green show. I I feel like this is an incredible thing. You know, I mean, it's it's I, I will coincidence be or not. I will I will be honest. I see some of the other media people you have, and it's like, all right, Kelly, let's let's you know, we'll, we'll <laughs> get see. me on we'll the see. show. Come on, so you know, it's all it's, right. Next it's question. Respect. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Funniest memory from working for the Eagles during the magical 2017 season. Oh, funniest. The funniest moment from the Super Bowl season. Um, I would say the constant debates between – okay, so more and more pop in my head. One it was Torrey Smith – and Howard Eskin going back and forth about basketball all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. The, the LeBron-Jordan uh, debates. I remember uh, this, yeah. That, that's a big one. Um, Doug and the ice cream. The, the, time, <laughs> the time when uh, Nick Rotundi, uh, who, who does a lot of the access stuff for us, what he – he was, he realized that like at the end of every, every, you know, Saturday night meeting hotel, it was like, all right, let's go get some ice cream. And then he put it all together in, in that, in that video where you're just like, Oh my, like so much ice cream, so much ice cream, so much ice cream. (laughs) Uh, I'll put that one up there. Uh, And then I will, I'll throw in the, the Chris Long makeshift Memorial statue. Um, to Nick Foles. That was that was 17, right? <laughs> I don't Maybe. think I remember that one. Oh, now now you now you got me wondering if that was 17 or if that was 18 on the on It might the, have been 18. That was it must have been 18 on the the second go around there, so Well, um, I'll, I'll I'll allow it. Jeez, you I was I was going to say <laughs> that's, that's bad that's bad on my part, but um but just such a you know, I go back to to the the quality character guys that they're bringing in right now. And that's what made that difference with that team. Cause I I've covered this team since Oh four full time. And it's like the, the chemistry in that locker room was second to none. It was just right. absolutely so much fun to be around every and single day. And it was day. easy that's, to cheer for them. Yes, exactly. All the, like every week it was like, okay, what dance, uh, what touchdown celebration are, are they going to pull out? Um, but just a genuine, love for one another, a brotherhood in that, in that locker room, just so many great guys on, on that team. Um, I'm trying, I'm just trying to think if there's any other funny moments from, from that year. So it's, there's, there's nothing that's, that's, that's rushing, rushing to mind at, at the moment, but. Um, you, you answered it. I, I totally accept your answers. Okay. Okay. All so right. those, those first one come to mind. So I know, what? I know I'm, I'm drawing out lightning rounds. It's supposed to be lightning round. And I'm, I'm throwing this out What's here, your so. favorite or least favorite app on your phone? Wow. Um, great question. Favorite. I mean, I gotta say Twitter. Cause that's basically the one I, I live on. So I'll, I'll say Twitter. Um, least I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, Pull up my phone and see which. Uh, let's see. Spotify is also so clutch. Yes. When I'm doing all these all these chores around the house, and it's like you throw that on and you just like go away. So um, that's going to throw into the mix here. Oh, uh, which one do I? I'm very like I'm a minimalist. I'm like if I don't You're like if I don't like it, it's out. I, it's 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 <laughs> crazy. You know, I 
you know, I've gotten more and more into TikTok because my 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 text thread with my son, who's 13, uh, it's literally all just TikTok video links back and forth. That's like our I just conversation. watch cat videos on TikTok for like hours. <laughs> and it's just Admittedly. funny. And yes. it's just funny because like it's just funny because like there's some videos like I'm like, son, what path did you get down on TikTok? Like, how did you get no there? one knows like, the algorithm yeah. that they use. It's just whatever they think you like, and I don't know. It always works somehow. So, and of course, of course, the Eagles app. I got, yeah. of course, though the Eagles app in there. Definitely, so that's, that's a, that's that should have been number one. That's that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> that's bad on me. I'm trying. I'm trying to hit all the the high notes here, Kelly, and that's that's, that's all right. Uh, all right. I was saying, let's see. The only the bad one is a blessing and a curse. Is it's called Slack. Uh, it's what we use for messaging during work, and it's. The it doesn't let you unplug from work. That's that's right. <laughs> that that is right. So there you what, go. I mean, you accept, but you accept it. So yes. uh, it's easy to communicate, but at the same time, it's it's always right there for you. So definitely. So, so would you rather work in a group environment or work alone? Ooh. So that's that's interesting. Um, it's probably impossible to do your job without a group. Can't do, no, that's and that's what this past year has really almost shown is like is like you know the solitude of being at home. It's like okay, there's times where it's nice, and there's times where you're just like 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 one of my favorite things. Like the thing I, that got me into wanting to do this was like writing stories about players and making that personal connection and and sharing their stories and humanizing them and telling their their triumphs, their, their, their ups, their downs and how they got to where they are. And you can't do that uh, without that, that interaction. And that's what made covering this team so difficult over the last year, because I was, Mm -hmm. you know, work from home and it's like, it's all zooms and it's, you get me one question, a press conference. And it's, it's just very, um, it's very sanitary. Just very, just like you just, you can't really dig deep with someone. You can't have follow-up questions. You can't really look them in the eye. It's you see this, this, this you know, block of windows uh, yep. on your screen. So the other thing about the group environment is our department, Eagles Entertainment, we have a section in the facility, we call it the pit. And it's basically just open office, uh, you know, idea where it's like, you know, my row of desks, it's like, you know, Fran Duffy's at the end of my row of desks, you have Ben Fell next to him. Um, there's one or two rows where it's like all the video guys, the social media teams all to a row. And it's just nuts. It's nuts. That's the best (laughs) way to describe it. You know, there, there are times where people are like, how do you get your, your work done if you're trying to crank out a story? But it's, um, but it's also great just because, you know, if I need to get someone's attention, it's like, you know, I could just pick up a pen and throw it at them, (laughs) you know, get them. Whereas like now it's like, like, it's so hard to, to do those little things or, you know, you can brainstorm or pick ideas off people or, you know, coaches and players are just walking through the pit to, to go to the studios or, or make their way around, around the building. Like those little interactions you, you miss out on and, and Definitely. You just miss. So, um, yeah. so the group, group environment, even though I'm, I'm more of an introvert, but definitely the, the group environment is, is key. Yeah, that's fair. So have you gotten to be in the Eagles war room for any of the drafts? I have not. I have oh, not. I would the, love to be a fly on the wall there. So, <laughs> uh, the the closest is, um, you know, I've I've gone in like like post drafts when like they're having like the celebrations and and you're just kind of like, um, you know, just reminiscing and reflecting on on stuff that's happened. So, but during 
during the drafts um, over the years, let's see, uh, I'd gone to the draft a couple times. So mm-hmm. I'd been, I think it was Lane Johnson's draft because we had the number four pick that year. It was like, all right, let's, you know, we got to go all out. So, so a couple of years I'd been to Radio City. When it transitioned to Chicago, I'd went to the first year there. Um, but I haven't been on site uh, at the draft since then. Um, so typically... We were in Philadelphia for the draft when it was Phil- here. At the Novacare Complex. In Philadelphia, You didn't get yes. to come to... No, I did not. Oh. We, had, you know, we, had, we had people on the scene. Our social media team, I know, was there doing stuff. Because I think, like, uh, speaking of Chris Maragos, I think he did a segment for us where he was, like, the man on the street. And it was kind of like, are you going to recognize that he's a player? Um, we had different player appearances going on, but I myself, I never got to make it to the uh, the draft site. So, did you get to go down? Oh yeah, I was there every single I day. Have, I should have assumed Jeez, every day. It was the best. I mean, my my knees never hurt more than because I was standing up most of the time, but <laughs> I was there. Yeah, I was there with my green on. I was ready. It's I I've just heard how awesome. An event it was, how incredible it was put together, how well run it was, the the turnout, just everything about it. And, you know, that's, that's why it's like people are like, it should have come back, it should have come back. But there's a part of me that's like, if it was so good, like you almost want to leave that notion yeah. of it that it was being that I mean, that it great. is nice that other fan bases now get to experience it. Like it'll be in Cleveland this year. I think that mm-hmm. will be fun. Obviously, it probably won't be as crowded as it was when there wasn't a (laughs) pandemic obviously but um let's turn a little bit to the draft because the big news of the current moment is the trade back I mean you kind of went into your reaction um when you were hearing from your co-worker that you know news was coming but what was it like to learn that the Eagles were you know trading back and you know people have gotten a little attached to that sixth overall pick. So if you could make a case for why fans should be excited about this move, let's hear it. I would say first and foremost, I don't think the Eagles make this move if they think the quality of player that they're going to get is that dramatically different. Obviously there's a difference between the sixth pick and the 12th pick. I'm not going to kid you on that, but they must not feel like that the quality in the pool is going to be so drastically different that if they're like, all right, if, if you're telling us that we're going to end up with player A, B, C, or D by moving back six, six spots and picking up a first round pick next year, because who knows how Miami is going to be next year. Okay. Right. So you're getting, and you're getting there. It's not any of the traded picks that they've, they've worked on. It's their original pick. So your poised have 20 draft picks in the next couple of years, three first rounders in, in 2022, um, you're still well positioned this year, you know, with the most draft picks of any team in the league with 11, uh, you know, four in the first three rounds. Um, it, it goes back to the big thing is the value of it, that if, if the Eagles, the Eagles are still going to have the opportunity to get a premier player Definitely. at number 12. Fletcher Cox was the number 12 pick in the draft. Okay. Yeah. Back I would like another Fletcher Cox this year. Another Fletcher Cox <laughs> would, would be outstanding. He would be would great. Be absolutely outstanding. You know, someone who's, who's, you know, a franchise-altering difference maker. Still very much in play there, and I don't think they would have done this if they felt that there was that big of a of a drop-off uh, in terms of talent. So, uh, yeah, we all were thinking, especially after the trade, like, okay, so you're thinking one's a quarterback, two's a quarterback, three's a quarterback, okay? Yeah. Atlanta, 
Atlanta might be a quarterback, so it could be Cincinnati and the Eagles. You might have your pick of the, you know, second best non-quarterback right. uh, in the draft. You know, that could, you know, and I can understand why fans uh, would have been excited, but the fans are gonna the fans are gonna debate the pick no matter who it is. So yeah, and I think the initial shock of it was the timing. I mean, a month away from the draft, we were like, "Whoa, wait, why did we do it now? Why didn't we do it on draft night?" And after we saw how the board kind of went, couldn't we have done it then? But you know, these kinds of uh, trade offers have deadlines, and I think that for Miami, the the thing that we're hearing now is they were willing to trade the 49ers the third overall pick if they were able to make this kind of work with the Eagles. So kind of all worked out so that, you know, the 49ers moved up and we were moving back and the the Dolphins weren't falling down that far from where they were at three originally. Um, So definitely was a little bit of shock. Uh, The day after, after sleeping on it, I was like, this kind of makes sense. We have so many needs on the roster. We have 11 picks this year in the draft. I don't know if that is going to hold, um, but that is the most across the league. 11 picks this year. We have potentially three first-round picks, like you said, next year. We could field an entire starting offense or a starting defense with the size of this draft class at this point. Yeah. Like, that's pretty significant. I'm going to be crying when we're trying to research like, and do all these write-ups on these seventh round pick, you know, these uh, third day picks when we have seven at the moment, you know, but uh, that's so going to be a pretty hefty draft class. If there's 11 at the end of it, if you got, if you, if you have any writing chops, Cal, if you, if you, if you want to work with us for the weekend, you know, uh, <laughs> you're going to need use, extra hands. We're going to need all, all hands on deck. That's for sure. But um, but I think that's the biggest thing is, is just that this team needs to replenish the young talent. You know, it's just, you know, between the the 17 draft, 18 drafts, um, you just didn't get a lot, a lot of new players in there. OK, a lot of it was from from the trade to go up in, in 16. Um, but now they've realized that they've got to they've got to make make the move to get this this roster rebuilt. You know, there's. You know, Fletcher Cox is is not getting any younger. Okay. Yeah. You know, and Brandon Graham, you know, Jason Kelsey. It's great that you're gonna have these guys in the fold for 2021, but you gotta start thinking about down the line, okay, who's gonna be the next who's gonna be that next group? Who's gonna be right. that next guys that you know we're all buying their jersey and 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 looking up to and, and saying that these guys are are all-time eagles. So um yeah. it's so it's why it's huge. It's and and you also you just want more bites at the apple. Okay. That's the other thing, Kelly. It's, you know, more chances. Look, no team is going to get every pick, right? I mean, that's, that's just the reality of the matter. You hope to have a strong draft class, like the one in 13, like the one in 16. It's just a matter of you got, you want to have more opportunities. And again, going back to 12 is not the end of the world. It's just the Eagles got tremendous in my estimation, got tremendous value by going back six spots, still can get a an impact player and again you have another a chance at another quality player a top line player the following year and uh the other big topic of the discussion on the twitter timeline for eagles fans is obviously the quarterback position this offseason as you touched on a little earlier joe flacco signed with the eagles last week um we heard from ian rapaport of the nfl network last week 
right before kind of everything started to shake up on the um, trade up and down for the 49ers and the Eagles, that the Eagles were interested in trading up for Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU. That clearly didn't happen. Um, They ended up trading backwards. So they did the opposite of what was kind of suggested, but it does seem like um, Zach Wilson is the Jets guy at two anyway. So it just maybe wasn't in the cards for the Eagles to make that kind of trade up. But, you know, we have the signing of Flacco. The contract kind of suggests backup money. Um, Whether or not he competes to the level of getting that starting position is too soon to say. Um, But, you know, we trade back. We aren't trading up to try to get a quarterback like a lot of people had suggested that we might do. Um, does that maybe extend itself to leaving the door open for Jalen Hurts to getting a shot to be the guy in the 2021 season? I think at this point, yes. Um, can things change? Of course. But the main thing is right now, as we sit here, as we're recording this, Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco are the only quarterbacks on the roster. They're going to be the guys to go in and compete. And that's, you know, I know, you made the point about, you know, the, the contracts are just backup money. And a lot of people think that, you know, Joe Flacco's press conference is all about being a mentor. And again, to me, it's, he's going to come in and compete. He's going to come in and, and push. You don't and want him goes, to say that I just want to sit and watch the other guys <laughs> playing either. No, and no, nor, nor should he. So, um, you know, in Jalen Hurts, it's, we've seen, we saw some good things. We saw some things that he needs to build upon. But to me, the fact the fact he came in with what was going on at the end of last season and was able to command the huddle, was able to lead that team. Um, you showed he showed some of the physical gifts that made him a second round pick. Um, there's a lot of things to like about Jalen Hurts, and there's a lot of room for him to grow. And it's going to be very exciting to see what Nick Sirianni can do with him. Um, but Nick Sirianni's big thing, one of the things he's been preaching since day one has been competition. That's, he's not going to come in and just say, all right, Jalen, you're, you're the guy, uh, based right. on the four games that we had last season. Um, and J- and uh, Nick is not tied to any one type of quarterback either, as we've seen from his his career as the offensive coordinator with the Colts. Uh, he had, you know, you go from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett to Philip Rivers. So he can work with any different type of quarterback. So that's why it's not to say that you have to have someone in that Jalen Hurts type mold um, to be able to work his offense. He's going to be able to suit it to the strengths of the players that he has. So um, one, one thing I've, you know, I know that you're a big Jalen Hurts fan. Kat. I am a big Jalen Hurts fan. <laughs> what, and I, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. And he de- definitely has as a, a presence, as a following. What is it about him that is so alluring to to the fan base so so exciting are you asking me to answer I'm asking, that I'm, 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 I'm flipping I'm, I'm <laughs> you're now the, the podcast host. yes okay yes. so for me I don't know if I'm speaking for everybody but I think for me Jalen Hurts went into a tough situation as you had already kind of explained um and he was a pretty fascinating player out there I mean I didn't think we had a chance against the Cardinals we had been decimated on the O-line and he just kept going out there and making play after play. And it was after the Saints game where he shocked the world and beat the number one defense with his legs and with his arm. 
He showed a lot of abilities that um, he could really rally the guys that were out there. And he, he didn't have, you know, so many of those um, offensive starters that we have gotten accustomed to. So he was running for his life half the game, but still, you know, staying composed and trying to make plays. And you could just see that hunger in him. And I think for me, it's not that I believe that he's definitely the guy, but my hope is that the 2021 season is an option for him to prove that because it would be such a shame to dismiss him after only four games when he was in a bad or a less than ideal situation um, that even Carson Wentz struggled in. So if you you know are looking forward to building the team and you get an offensive playmaker at 12, you know, and you build around the guy that is there currently. If he doesn't prove to be the guy next year by, you know, the season that we're coming up on, then you have three first round picks that you could move up or you and you still have those offensive weapons that you tried to build around Jalen Hurts. So I don't see the downfall in giving a one year prove it. You know, everybody talks about prove-it deals across the NFL. I mean, it's not um, it's not very likely that a, a quarterback is a prove-it deal type of scenario, but when you're a second-round pick and we invested that in you, I want to see you get your shot, and I don't think that we've fully seen what we could get from, from Jalen Hurts. Especially, so, especially, Kelly, when you consider he didn't have the offseason. Right. Know, he didn't have a typical offseason. What – you know, going going back through the draft process, um, it, it's funny because I wasn't, you know, I didn't think the Eagles were going to be in the Jalen Hurts sweepstakes. And I remember watching him at the Senior Bowl and, you know, getting to see him throw live for the first time. And you, and you see the arm, uh, he's got a live arm. Uh, he definitely has shown progress from what he showed in, in college. Um, then he goes to the Combine and uh, – there, there was a moment where we were actually interviewing Jim Nagy, the the executive director of the mm-hmm. recent senior bowl and, and Fran and I, and, and uh, Jim are talking and Jalen comes walking by and, and sees, sees Jim and, you know, just takes that moment to, to talk with him, to catch up with him. And you can tell that Jalen just has that, it, you know, that definitely. quality about him, that charisma about him, that, that, that leadership, that guys, you could t- definitely tell have gravitated toward, um, and then I don't, even... I don't know if like they listen to my podcast, but there is a crazy large contingent of Alabama fans that have followed Jalen Hurts through his entire career up to Philadelphia, and they are diehard for for believing in him. And they really have come on strong on Twitter, even to like get people in Philadelphia excited about the possibility of Jalen Hurts being the guy next year. Well, I mean, just from the the person, that's the thing is. is you know, so he has all the success in college and then he gets drafted. And then there's that story where the little boy had the, had the backpack. Yes. And, and then, you know, re, and it got relayed to Jalen at the, the kid, the backpack. And, um, you know, and I got a chance to talk to, to Jalen about that. And you could just tell that he was genuinely in such awe of that moment of like, like this little, a little kid, kid that, that meant so much to him. Yeah. Yeah. You know that he wanted, he was like, what could I do to like reciprocate that? And it's like, all right, I'm going to get the kids backpack and, and rock it at the facility. And um, it was, it was funny because I think it was like the night before 
his performance leading the Sooners over Baylor in the Big 12 championship was on TV and like the kids were, were cheering. And this was right as Jalen was putting out the picture of, of the backpack, the fact that, you know, that they're thousands of miles away and, and, you know, but they're each on each other's minds at the, at the same time. It, it was just such a, such a heartwarming uh, thing to see. Yeah. Um, he's like a good guy. You just want to cheer for. Yeah. You know, you want to see him succeed. You want to see him get his chance to succeed. I think that's kind of what I was trying to say in a really long. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you made, you made the point. And, you know, even like, even the, the, the thing he did with the Alex's lemonade stand, I, I think he actually was not happy that it got the, the publicity it did because that's not what he was in it for. Right. You know, that he, he wanted to do it, wanted to, to help the family out, but it was not supposed to be like a, here, look at me. Like, I don't, I don't think he's that kind of, kind of guy whatsoever. Like he genuinely just wanted to make the connection with the family and with, with the child and, and, you know, you know, share that moment with them and not have it be broadcast to kind of like, Hey, pound my chest. Look at me. Look how great I am. That's not yeah. the kind of guy he is. So, um, right. And so be... let's end it on a hypothetical question because obviously there is so much time until next year, but let's assume that Jalen hurts is the starter for next year. So okay. hypothetical question for you here. Okay. We heard we heard from Albert Breer from MMQB that the Bengals really like uh, Jamar Chase. That makes sense with the Barrow uh, Chase connection from LSU. So maybe he's off the board at five, and we didn't have a shot at him at fi- at six anyway. Who else in this crazy talented offensive draft class is a playmaker that you think could help? Jalen Hurts best prove his case to be the long-term answer at quarterback? That's a great question, Kelly. And the thing, the thing for me, and I'm just going to be completely honest here. I really haven't like studied the, the draft class, you know, with, with my role, it's been different this year where like last year I was at the senior bowl. I've been to the combine for several years. Um, but this year with that, no combine, <laughs> No combine. We didn't. We weren't traveling for Senior Bowl. Um, you know, Fran, Fran was able to get Dane Brugler from the Athletic to come to do the podcast, the draft podcast with him with, with Ben Fennell, and they do a tremendous job. I've really taken a step back and and not followed. And, you know, it's crazy. I said I'm not followed as closely now. I'll look into it more as we get closer. But it's tough because it's like I don't want to like study like. 20 guys and it's like okay of these 20 guys you learn about it's like we're gonna possibly take one or two at at the end of the day but um you know it's it's i'm just fascinated to see how the whole thing how the whole thing plays out but i'm just excited i obviously it'll be great if they they get an offensive weapon there at at 12 but for me i want to see jalen rager take the next step and see him develop you know you invested maybe if we get like a uh, offensive lineman behind J- Jason Kelsey, like these people that you mentioned earlier, like they're not getting any younger. We need to start getting a center who will grow with the next quarterback of the future, whoever that might be. Yeah. I mean, you know, like Travis Fulgham, like how does he rebound after, you know, being on top of the NFL world and then seeing the dip in playing time and not reacting positively to it? Like, how does he come back from that? Um, 
Miles Sanders had, you know, had a down year after being such a breathtaking playmaker in, in 2019 as a, as a rookie, like, you know, Dallas Goddard, like, you know, we'll see what happens with Zach Ertz and and his situation. But if Dallas Goddard becomes the guy, like, is he going to be able to, to live up to that potential? Cause he has the talent of being a top five tight end in the league. Um, So it's, the so you're saying the talent to prove it for Jalen Hurts is already in the building. I very much so. I think it's very much. I around. like the confidence. Need, you need you you need to see these investments pay off. That's the thing is you know we all look at Brandon Graham and we know that he's one of the all time all time Eagles and just one of the best people to be around. Just so positive all the time. I mean Brandon Graham was a bust in his slow. first couple of years. Started slow. Like that's yeah. it's not. It's tough because you see guys, you know, like you see like Justin Herbert, you know, you know, even in the pandemic, you know, basically lift the Chargers to the precipice of the playoffs. And it's like, OK, you see guys, you know, have these breakout rookie seasons and it's like, well, why does it always happen? It doesn't always work out like that. Some guys right. need and I, I truly one of the things I'm excited about with Sirianni is to see how he's going to utilize Jalen Rager, okay, because that I think there's there's so much untapped potential there, um, especially the run after the catch ability that I don't think the Eagles were able to take advantage of enough last season. I really, really want to see how does Sirianni, you know, utilize him in his offense. I, I think there's there's plenty of offensive talent already here. Obviously, look, this team has not scored enough points the last yep. couple of seasons. It's it's got it's got to be better. So part of it's going to be coaching. But part of it's got to have to be the talent and the execution. So and the development of those guys and the development of the talent. It's so so important there, Kelly. So um, yeah, I'm, I like as, the positive ending to to what you said. So we're gonna end it there because I like to end on a positive note. It's all positive <laughs> here, though. That's that's what's I love great, it. though. I, I mean, twenty twenty is in the past. Okay, yeah, I think we all we're moving put, forward. We all want to put twenty twenty in the past. You know, whether it was the pandemic, <laughs> whether it was legal season, it's all in the past. We're all looking forward to twenty twenty one. We're moving forward. It's twenty twenty one now. All right, Indeed. so that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much to Chris McPherson for coming on to my show today. Please go follow him on Twitter to check out all the work he is always doing for the birds as more changes and news is currently going to keep us entranced with these Eagles. Listeners, please don't forget to subscribe to the Eagles Brawl podcast for the latest episodes of the Kelly Green Show and fly Eagles fly. Kmart announces the Freedom Store is closing forever. Millions of dollars in inventory must be sold. Store-wide discounts up to 75% off. Every department is on sale. All fine jewelry, fashion apparel, footwear, toys, health and beauty aids, and cosmetics are now on sale in-store. Everything must go. Nothing held back. Selling to the bare walls. Even store fixtures are all for sale. Shop now for best selection only at the Kmart Store in Freedom at 1702 Freedom Boulevard. It is business as usual at all other Kmart stores. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.